Welcome to How Now, the podcast where we talk about how to live in the now. And here's your host, Kim Martin Raymond. Peace and blessings, love and light, and welcome to this edition of the How Now podcast, where we talk about how to live in the now. I am your host, Kim Martin-Raymond. I am a minister, spiritual life coach, author, and founder of Redefining You LLC, where I help my clients to realign themselves mind, body, and spirit. And welcome. If this is your first time as a How Now podcast listener, please make sure that you go to my website, www.hownowpodcast.com. Pick your favorite podcast platform and subscribe to the How Now podcast. You can also click on the link for the How Now YouTube channel and you're able to uh, check out some of my shows in review. You can check out uh, and uh, subscribe and like to the channel. So that way, you know, when the next show is coming on and you can also follow me on my wellness journey. I am 54 pounds down people. And so it's exciting, uh, you know, to uh, follow my journey and, and check out some of the things again, that's www.hownowpodcast.com. So let's get into today's show. And uh, we're going to be talking a little bit about literacy. Okay, we know that summer is coming up in a couple of weeks. Kids will be out for summer. And uh, a couple of weeks back, we had a guest on who was talking about regression and tutoring and the importance of making sure that our children stay connected during those times off for school. You know, we want to make sure that they're, um, you know, continuing to to get in the enrichment that they need because the, the uh, pandemic has kind of set us back a little bit with regards to testing, with regards to, um, you know, making sure that our children don't lose focus during the, their time off for the summer. And so literacy is a huge part of that. And to help me to talk about literacy and to talk about some of the, the options that we have for our children is my lovely guest. And as is customary with the How Now podcast, I'm going to have her to introduce herself at this time. Good afternoon, uh, Minister Kim. And first of all, I want to give God the honor and ask and thanking you for allowing me this opportunity to be your guest on this superior Sunday. Yes. <laughs> My name is Lillian Bate. I am the founder and CEO of the Sojourner Truth Observational Study Home Hotel Incorporated, better known as STOSH, which is our acronym. Uh, it is an organization which will be celebrating 30 years of survival this coming June 16th. It, we are a nonprofit organization that has been providing tutorial assistance, educational resources, and support now since June 16th, 1993. And to just back up a little bit, we kind of started in 1992 by providing Christmas toys to foster and needy children as well. Oh, wow. Wow. Well, thank you so much for being with us today, Lillian. This is going to be exciting because like yeah. I said, you got 30 years. That's a long time to, you know, be serving in the community. And it's so important, you know, that we're in a space of giving back and, and being able to, to tap into the needs of, of, you know, those around us. So like you said, before the pandemic, you've been doing this for some time, you've been providing services and, and, um, you know, doing, uh, you know, 
or providing different needs for our children, uh, you know, as the years have gone on. So how did that change once the pandemic hit? Well, prior to the pandemic, I am also a certified teacher and I was substituting in an elementary school in DeKalb County. Lo and behold, I had a a slip and fall and I never dreamed that an accident would become a blessing. But uh, in the process, I was forced to basically have to literally sit down because I could no longer walk. And all I could do was lay and pray and look up to God and ask him to heal my body and to show me what it was he had for me to continue to do. My prayer was that he would allow me to get returned back to the track that he had placed me on, which was serving children. So um, like I said, I was substitute teaching. And after the slip and fall, I couldn't get the school district to refer any children to me. But that was my joy that was missing in my life. And I just kept asking God, what do I do? And one day I just happened to be looking at my emails and there was an email from a company called Varsity Tutors. And I decided I would just apply to see uh, if there was any way I could collaborate or connect with them. And lo and behold, I have been uh, approved as an independent contractor and have been serving children once again since August of last year. And it has been one of the greatest joys to now not only be confined to four walls and 22 kids, <laughs> I'm able to serve children all across the country. So I've gotten kids from Hawaii, Alaska, California, Texas, Minnesota, Kansas City, and mm-hmm. even here in Georgia. Okay. So I'm just abundantly blessed right now. Wow. Wow. You see, and that's awesome to be able to to transfer, you know, your skills. Now you said you've been, you've been an educator for some time and then to make that pivot, you know, and that's something that's so important for, for a lot of people to do uh, during this time of pandemic, you know, it's been difficult for our children. It's been difficult for teachers and, and for the school system, because there's been such a blend of, of, uh, you know, having to do things virtually versus having to do things physically. And then you're having the combination of both. And so it's been a challenge. And I know it's been a challenge for for our children to make that adjustment, but also for long-term teachers who did not have to worry about the technological aspect necessarily, you know, and and, and now having to merge the two or or having to, to, you know, figure out, you know, how to, how to, you know, catch our children back up. So, that that aspect of tutoring is so important because it's 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 providing that support it's filling in that gap that our children are missing right now you know with regards to their education so like i said you do the tutoring part let's talk a little bit about the literacy part how 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 did that part come into being well uh, I guess somehow God has always allowed me to be a little ahead of my time. And even before the pandemic, I was teaching in a second grade classroom, not knowing that during the testing time, which the children are now uh, engaged in, they would remove the computers from pre-K through second grade in order to have enough computers for the children third through fifth grade to be able to complete the test. Uh And fortunately, God has blessed me to be able to get grants uh, since the beginning of time where I have managed to maintain um, 
a plethora of computers. Okay. So I asked the computer, uh, the, the principal, if I could bring computers into the classroom. And I set up my computers and not knowing how important this Zoom app would become, yes. I taught the children in second grade how to use the how to use Zoom. And I had appointed three of my top students to be my IT techs. So okay. they would have to get the computers uh, booted up and they knew the password to be able to get in. And it was just a pleasure for them, for me to see them sitting next to each other, seeing their classmate on the computer next to them. Right. They got a kick out of that. <laughs> <laughs> From that point on, um, and um, I was blessed to get another grant through Snapping Shows, which is an electric company in Covington, to purchase a 22 passenger bus. Okay. This was a dream that God laid on my heart eight years ago to do a mobile academic program. And my dream was to have computers on every seat on the bus and to be able to travel into communities where children did not have access to computers and internet and be able to be have on-site uh, computer class uh, sessions and being able to continue to work with them. At that time, I thought it was supposed to be a part of an after-school program because the children were still in school. Right. When the pandemic hit, the one thing that touched my heart was to begin to hear grandparents uh, saying how difficult it was for them to even be able to see their own grandchildren right. because of the pandemic. And once again, I wrote a grant and got funding through Dollar General to put together a literacy program to connect grandparents and grandchildren together. We coined that program, the right to read from A to Z, because as a teacher, I was hearing about how they were taking writing out of the classroom. Right. And it took my mind back to something my father taught me years ago. He, cause I'm right-handed and he used to ask me, what if you broke your right arm? How would you be able to sign a check? And from that day on, I started learning how to write my name with my left hand as well. So I knew how important writing was. Right. But to uh, get back to the uh, how we ended up continuing in the midst of the pandemic, we put the program together and launched it on Zoom. And it uh, was initially, like I said, designed to bring grandparents and grandchildren together. And somehow we begin to start connecting with authors of children's books who mm -hmm. would come on to the Zoom and read to whoever was on there and share their books. And the children got to read pages from the books and the grandparents did too. And then the parents started getting curious because they were just putting the children on and they too began to join in. So this has been a my joy in the midst of a pandemic, how God has blessed me to be able to pivot and to transition and to continue to reach out to children who are desperately now more than ever before in need of reading skills. Yes, yes. And I mean, I love that you created this program and, and it's called Right to Read, correct? Yes. And that's W-R-I-T-E, number two, read. The right to read from A to Z. From A to Z. And I absolutely love that concept because just like you said, it is important. And, you know, I remember when we were children and we used to have little handwriting classes and you used yes. to practice the little arcs and you would practice 
writing, uh, you know, your letters. The ovals and, and, and the strokes. And Absolutely. They had to be perfect, okay? <laughs> that's right, that's right. Shout out to my, to my fourth grade teacher, Miss Bell. She was our handwriting teacher and oh my goodness, I just, she has such beautiful penmanship and that used to be so important. And now it's interesting because we electronically sign things, you know, and, and, you know, we're taught not to have such perfect handwriting when we do our signature because you don't want anybody to, you know, try to write out, you know, to copy our hand, our signature. And so, you know, people are just scribbling out their names, but it was so important back then for us to know how to write and, and, and to write legibly because there are still forms and things that we have to fill out. And we know that some people's handwriting, you can't even, you can't read it at all. You're looking exactly. at like, what does it say? I was like, what? I don't even understand. And, 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 you know, we've lost sight of the importance of, of penmanship and of handwriting. And, you know, it's, it's a shame. It is, it's a travesty okay. because, you know, those are the kinds of things that were foundational in our era, you know, for right. you to be able to, to write and, and to be able to, you know, of course, to read, you know, literacy is huge because we have a lot of adults, you know, who, who are having difficulty reading. We have a lot of grandparents who may not have had opportunities to, to read. My grandmother um, didn't start reading until she was in her 80s. And then she had mm. a GED in yeah. her 80s because, uh, you know, she would, she understood a few words, but she did not have that literacy component. So I like that having your program bridges, you know, one generation with another, you know, in the, you know, with through literacy. And that's something that's so absolutely beautiful. So you said you have authors who come on there. Some of them are new authors. Are they established authors? How do you go about uh, obtaining your authors for your program? Well, by the grace of God, one of my teacher friends uh, who was coming on uh, found out what I was doing, and he said that he knew some uh, principals who had retired who were then writing children's books. So the first two authors that joined us were from Kansas City, Missouri, Dr. Gwendolyn Squires, who wrote uh, 10 Crayons All in a Box, and Dr. Bianca Smith-Love, who has a series of books called the Bella Boo series that also comes with the workbook. So I'm not only able to read a book to a child, they have little activities that they have to do to help to reinforce what they have heard about it to make sure they're comprehending, making sure that they're understanding why the author even wrote the book or what was the purpose of the book or what they got out of it or the best part of the book. So I am just absolutely elated right now to be coming into uh, the fold of more authors. And I'm glad you asked that question because some of them are old authors, some of them are newer authors. And I'm hearing more and more um, how on the news channels, they're promoting authors in their books. And I just have to say, I am blessed that this coming Friday, which is April the 29th, I think it is, um, Dr. Bernice King has agreed to join us to read her book and entitled It Starts With Me. So I'm excited now because we are also being able to connect with some celebrity authors and hoping that more will join in to help us keep our children 
and adults reading. Right. I love that. So now they come in and they read their books and do they tell a little bit about, um, you know, how they, how they came about writing the book. So do they give the children and, and, and the grandparents and, and the parents, those who are, are, are um, listening in, do they give them a little background on how they created the book? If they have time, but I try to, to make sure I have a um, biography of each of the authors to be able to explain to them who this author is and okay. uh, how they came to begin to start writing the books and hoping that some of the children will also have the desire to do the same thing. One of the things that we do require is um, uh, each week is the children have to run and get paper, pencil, crayons. And while the story is being read, they are drawing pictures or writing about their favorite part of the story. We also try to put up the story so that they can read along in case the author gives them an opportunity to read a page from the book. So everybody has an opportunity to get involved and be a part of the right to read. I absolutely, I absolutely love that. I think that is such a wonderful concept because like you said, you're, you're bringing about creativity. You're giving the children an opportunity to, to um, comprehend and to, to show expression through writing, through drawing. And those yeah. things are so important. You know, when we talk about our children and, and their ability to communicate and how it's important for them to communicate in different ways. And that sometimes it's through drawing, sometimes it is through, through writing. And, right. and you know, it, it comes from understanding. But what I also love about this as, a, as an author myself is to be able to, to read, you know, your story and then, you know, get that immediate feedback. You know, you exactly. have people who are writing reviews and things like that, but you know, to, to be able to read a book to a child and to have the child say, oh, I love this part and that part, you know, it, it has to be gratifying to the author as well, because now they're like, hey, you know, I got some feedback on, on my book and, and, you know, this is what stood out to this child. This is something that's a takeaway for them. So, you know, it looks like it benefits everybody 360 degrees, you know? It definitely does. And one of our first authors, Dr. Spires, was so excited. She actually sent a copy of her book to the children that were in our first segment, free of charge. So they all had the book in hand when we got ready to read it again. And that has also been a, a plus. Now, one of the things that I guess that kind of caught my, my attention is I used to teach kindergarten for five years and pre-K for three years. And I guess some of my kindergartners today now I may understand, but they probably thought I was the meanest kindergarten teacher <laughs> because I would not accept sloppy handwriting, uh -huh. especially when I knew that they could do better. So I would model uh, our morning message and they had to copy it. And if I saw that a child just sloppily did it, I made them throw their paper away and start over again. Wow. And some of them would be quiet and uh, like, I don't know why this teacher's being so mean. But I think it helped them to build better penmanship yes. and being able to express themselves both verbally as well as in writing. Yeah. We also did another uh, little activity where I called it community speaking. I had a little step stool 
once they uh, they would draw a picture about whatever story we read for the day, they had to stand on those little step stool and there wasn't any room. So they couldn't wiggle around the move because right, they right. fall off the step stool. So it taught them how to stand before That's an right. audience and how to speak to their audience. And I tell them, anybody whose eyes are not on you, call out their name. So you know, you don't want your name called out. Right. So everybody's eyes were on the speaker listening to what they said. And when the time came to ask questions about the story, everybody's hand went up in the air because they wanted to have a part of being able to share. Look, you were, so, gro you were grooming them for Toastmasters already. <laughs> <laughs> and, and not even realize it, okay? I love it. I love it. Yes. Yeah. But it's like you said, it's important. All, all of those aspects are important. It is important for our children to learn how to speak. And that's something that's that's important to me as well, because it's, it, it is about having a voice. And we yeah. want our children to have a voice. And we want our children to be able to communicate. Because as educators and as a former educator myself, you know, what, what tends to happen is, you know, we're nurturers. So we yes. want, we want, we want to defend our children. We want to protect our children. And it's so important that in that form of protection, that we're giving them that voice so that when we're not there to physically protect them, they know how to do that on their own. You're and, right. they know, and if they're having issues, especially in this pandemic, it's a lot for the, for the, the adults to uh, uh, you know, adjust to. And it's hard for the children because they have to make adjustments as their, their caregivers make adjustments. Yes. And so for some of them, it's frustrating. I'm sure it's, it, it's been frustrating. It's fearful. We talk about empathy and how important it is for, for you know, us not to, to be in a position of, of discounting how someone feels. And yes. so, you know, for our children, for them to be able to write about it, for them to be able to draw, for them to be able to speak with confidence is something that is so important and foundational for our children as they're growing so that they can be adults who are not, are not fearful of expressing themselves as well. So I applaud you for, for the, the work and, and, the, and the time and the effort that you're putting into making sure that our children are, are in, that, in that position of, of growth because that, that's what's going to happen. It's going to set the tone for how they proceed in their lives moving forward. So that's a, that's a great thing that you're doing. And I agree with you, Minister Kim. Uh, you touched on something earlier about doing our generation. Yes. We were made to have what I consider to be perfect penmanship. And I guess my parents uh, also wouldn't settle for less. So I guess I became a little perfectionist. Even when we got in trouble, you know, you used to have to write a hundred times, I will not do whatever you did. That's right. That's okay. right. Okay. <laughs> all of my eyes had to line up. All, all of right. my wheels had to line up. All of my knots. So now people look at my handwriting today and they're like, wow, you have beautiful handwriting. I said, that comes from getting in trouble a lot. That's right. That's right. And I was left-handed, so everything was slanted. All my letters like they were laying down. Exactly. And they went across the whole page. My name is Kim. It's not Kimberly. And that Kim went all the way across the entire first line of the page. And I was like, you only got three letters in your name. Why is, why is it laying down? It's so big. I had to learn, but we had to learn how to write. We had to learn how to straighten that up. We had, I had to learn how to tilt my page and, and to be able to write. You're right. It was something exactly. that was important during our time, our penmanship and, and to be able to see things legibly. And now with, with the, the, with the technology coming in and, and it being able to sign for you, 
you know, we don't, we don't see a lot of that, but it's, it's good, you know, to bring some of that back and to promote that because sometimes technology fails. And when it fails, we have to be able to have alternate ways of communicating. And we want people to be able to understand what it is that we're writing, especially when we're filling out applications and we're having to, you know, put that information in those little boxes, just like they do for testing. Yes. If nobody can read your handwriting, then, then they, they're not going to be able to assess what it is that you're doing. Exactly. And again, I have to say, I agree with you because computers have been a part of my organization for 30 years. When I began a summer camp program, I never will forget there was an organization in Kansas City that had some original IBM XT computers stacked in the corner collecting dust. (laughs) I had no clue what to do with them or even if they worked. But I asked the director, I said, are those computers working? She said, I don't know. We just had them donated. I said, do you mind if I try to see if I can get them to work? I had no idea even what a power cord was at that time. So I had to be educated on what I needed to do to stick in the back of this machine and plug into the wall just to get it to come on. Right. Long story short, computers were the, I think, the brain and the, the drawing card of my organization. Yeah. And from just doing a, a tutoring and after school programs, I also started an alternative school program yeah. after finding out children were being suspended from school and having nowhere mm-hmm. to go and were ending up either in trouble with the law, incarcerated, and sometimes dead. A lot of people were not aware that once they were being suspended from school, they got no more further education. However, the school district was paid, still being paid for them to be educated. So I started uh, going to the streets in search of these young people and bringing them into a building to be able to continue to provide some type of educational support. And I found, you know, that a lot of these children then, and these were middle and high school children, Uh now I'm seeing it with elementary school, could not write well. And it's gotten even worse now. And I hate to say it, teachers, we got to get on that job. Because as you mentioned earlier, I have I'm coming in contact with children like all across the country who can't even write on a line. So while I'm tutoring them virtually, I have to draw a red line across the paper and tell them this is like a stop sign when you're driving the car. This is where your letters are supposed to sit. They can't go past this line unless they have a tail. And, you know, and and I thought it was strange when I first started tutoring Minister Kim, because I was like, these parents are paying me to teach their children how to write. Now I understand why they cannot write starting from pre-K all the way through middle and high school. You know, and my heart cries out now because as a, uh, a teacher of education and my priority being pre-K and kindergarten age group, uh, that that population of children just missed their opportunity to receive the foundation that they need to be successful in life. So I'm now having to start back at the early age, teaching them how to form letters, modeling for them, you know, and then the uh, upper grades that don't know how to put sentences together. 
cannot remember how to spell sight words, you know, and one of the hurting things, I had a child in second grade, and I was going through a, a pretest and 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 a review, and she could not remember the letter Y. And I had to keep asking myself, why, why, why can't she remember this letter? And it's because they missed out on so much during the pandemic. So we now have to do double time in order to play catch up and to keep our children from falling behind or just giving up and dropping out or, or refusing to go any further. You know, I thank God for the parents that I have had the opportunity now to work with that understand I'm not going to let your child get away with half doing things. That's when right. I take on a child, Minister Kim, I take them on as if it was my own child. So if you were to talk to my old daughter, she probably thought I was the meanest parent in the world. <laughs> but because of the uh, refusing to accept or settle for less. That's right. My daughter now has her own IT company where she's yeah. training people how to put computers together. Yes. So it it, it's, it, it worked, I believe, in, in certain ways. That's it. We're paying it forward. And, and yes. that's what's so important. Just like you said, our educators have to continue to step up. It's it, and And they have been. Let me, yeah. let, let me make sure that, that I say that. I will be remiss yeah. not to say that, that, it has been difficult for, for our educators, you know, in some instances, because, you know, we have to, you know, have the tools that we need to be successful. You know, exactly. you wrote grants because you needed computers to be able to do the things that you wanted to do for the children through your program, you know? Right. And so, you know, it's, it's, it's having that, that fortitude and, and, you know, being able to, to, you know, go beyond so many educators you know, do what they do because they love the children yes. because they want to see them succeed. And so, you know, it is up to those who are, are in positions to be able to, to provide these tools that the children need. It's so important that they, they continue to, to reach out and to support our teachers and our educators and our paraprofessionals and all those who are out there, you know, striving to, to continue to work with the children to do that, you yes. know, and yeah. to, you know, j just continue in the fight because it is a struggle. It has been yeah. a struggle. We've lost a lot of educators, uh, you know, leaving the system because of, of you know, the support. They yes. need that support. There's been a lack of support. And so there definitely has to be programs like yours that that will continue to, you know, like I said, fill in those gaps that we're having, you know, yes. going into those areas where where technology is not available to our children to right. be able to go in and and, uh, you know, provide those services for them, for them to to go back to the basics, you know, to go back to phonics. You're Those right. types of things are, are, are things that were fundamental during our time, our time period. Amen. You know, we, we, we did phonics, we had workbooks, we, we, you know, made sure that we knew not only how to form letters, but how to pronounce them, how to spell, you yes. know, and, yes. and now we have an opportunity uh, through your program and through programs like yours to, to not only expose mm. the children to those things, but to also, you know, give them a love for reading, yes, and for writing, 
you know, and now, you know, you can self-publish books. And so I'm sure that you are encouraging some of the children in your program to write their own books. Have you had any experiences like that where some of the children have, have expressed a desire to be authors themselves? Exactly. I have a young man, he's fifth grade. Mm-hmm. His name is Cameron. And I was sharing with him because I was tutoring him in, in math, I believe it was. And I invited him to just come on to the program and found out that Cameron had already written the book and had it published nice. and has a hard copy as well as a soft copy. And it's called My Dog Can Talk. Uh-huh. So Cameron was a guest a couple of weeks ago. He had a chance to come and read his book to, uh, to the other children. And that was one of those exciting sessions where not only did we read about the, the dog, everybody got a chance to go and get their little pets and bring them nice. <laughs> on to Zoom. So we wanted to see if their dogs could talk too. And nice. even I don't have a pet of my own. I have about 16 grand dogs. <laughs> my daughter had my little special dog, Jade, who was on there looking at her, her Nana. Okay. Right, right, <laughs> and right. Trying to talk to. So, yes, we have children now that are coming forward who have written books. And that is making it even more rewarding and exciting to me. Yes, yes. You see, that's what I'm saying. It's so, you know, it, it becomes a beautiful circle. You know what I'm saying? For them to be able to be a part of the program, to be able to, to listen to authors and be inspired by authors, especially authors that look like them. Exactly. And that's something that's beautiful as well, because you can have authors come through your program from all walks of life. But we know how important it is, especially in this time of diversity, equity and inclusion, to be able to see authors and writers that look like them you know, men and women. And and that's something that's so beautiful about about the program as well. So moving forward, what are some things that you're looking to do with the future of the program as it as you know, as it continues to go 30 years strong, that's a long time. (laughs) But are there some other things that you're seeking to do moving forward? Yes, I am definitely. Um, In addition to this, God has also blessed me to move into a new office space. So we have a campus not too far from us, which is the Stosh Entertainment Campus, that we are trying to incorporate both educational and recreational activities combined. And I am praying that I will be able to get approved in time to run a Stosh STEAM summer camp program teaching children about how to uh, start their own business, which will be an ice cream shop, building a business from a box, which is something I taught my kindergartners when I was still in the classroom. Mm -hmm. And uh, the businesses began to grow so big until the principal came to me one day. She said, Miss Bate, you cannot bring another box into the classroom where the children go to sit. I said, they're going to sit in their businesses. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they'll mind their business. <laughs> they mind their business. You're right. So I want to go back to that because that was an exciting time and an opportunity and an activity to also uh, incorporate uh, the business model creativity, being able to design their own 
storefront and when time uh, is time to go, they can fold it up and take it home and set it up somewhere else or anywhere they want to start their own business. Oh so that God. is one of the things that we are hoping to incorporate as well as to be able to get this bus out on the road into different neighborhoods and communities and for yeah. anyone that has a community that uh, a power, a strong community that where they know that children are in need, we will gladly come to your location and be able to set up tents, tables. We have a lot of things on the bus. We have a generator to keep the computers going mm-hmm. on or off the bus. So I am just uh, elated right now. Um, all I can say is God has blessed me to be able to prosper in the midst of a pandemic. That's it. That's it. Yeah. A lot of people yes. have been been put in that place. These pivots are strong. You know, oh, some of the things yeah. that we thought that we were set on the path to do for, for an extended period of time, this pandemic hit and said, you know, no, maybe not. You know, maybe I need to go in a different direction. And it's placing people in a, in a, in a position of strength. Yeah. And so it's wonderful to be able to pass that on to our children. And, and I love that concept of being able to show them business models and let them see that there are other options outside of working in a structured organization where that will work for some, for others who may be on a different path or who have that little entrepreneurial bug, you know, at a young age that they're able yes. to, 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 you know, be exposed to the tools that they need to do it. It's all about exposure and being able to have platforms for our children to be able to move from that space of fear to that space of education and eventually growth so that they can reach back and help others. So that is wonderful. And that's just what you've done in these 30 years of service. So we salute you for that and for all that you're going to be continuing to do for our children and for our communities moving forward. So what I definitely want to do is make sure that we get your contact information so that that way people know how to reach you and so that we know how to go about, uh, you know, having our children uh, get in contact with you or, or to learn more about your programs moving forward. So we're going to write down your uh, contact information. I have my pen here. My pen is being <laughs> a little funny, but we'll go ahead and hold on a minute. There's always technology, so I'll be able to write it down yes. here. Okay, so tell people how they can go about reaching you. Well, first of all, I'd like to invite them to become uh, part of our Right to Read from A to Z program. And all they have to do is go to www.takeoverlearning.com because that's my goal is to take over learning and to register. They will receive a link in their email and all they have to do is click the link every Friday and uh, join us in the Zoom reading room. We would love to have them. If you know of any other authors, children's as well as adult authors, uh, we would love to have them as guests or readers on the program. You can also go to my website at www.stosh, that's S-T-O-S-H, Inc.org to register if you have a child that is in need of tutorial assistance or if you would like to be a part of the summer camp program. Okay. And you can also call me directly at 770-572-8995. If I don't pick up, I always return my calls. And I do have to say, I thank God for my circle of support uh, uh, teachers 
who have continued to encourage and motivate me and have uh, led me to uh, you to be able to be a guest on this show today. That's it. That's it. Like you said, it's wonderful to have connections and to be able to, to, you know, interact and to be able to, you know, lift up each other and support each other in positive ways. And that's what platforms like, like mine and programs like yours are all about. It's all about exposure and, and allowing people to know that there are things out there. There are resources and, you know, out there, you know, and it may not necessarily be in our community, but because of technology, you yeah. know, we can go beyond yes. where we typically would go. We could step outside of our immediate communities and get to a space where, where we're able to service people all around the world. So that's something exactly. that's important. So I'm excited about that. So again, I want to make sure that, uh, you know, we do that. It'll be in the description, of course, for the show. But we want to make sure that everybody knows your website and can get in contact with you. And again, that's the Right to Read from A to Z program. That's W-R-I-T-E, the number two, Read from A to Z, correct? Yes, ma'am. Yes, and that's and, and you can find out more about that on www.takeoverlearning.com. And you can register for the program there. And, you know, we're looking again, she's looking for authors and others who can come on and, you know, just be a part of it and, and to go in and listen and, and, you know, have your, your children or your grandchildren or, or, you know, even some of our parents, make sure that you register for the program, or you can go to www.stosh.org. Now that's S-T-O-S-H-E. No, Stosh Inc. I-N-C. Okay, but did I spell it right on the S-T-O-S-H-E? No, no E, just S-T-O-S-H. That's an abbreviation for the Sojourner Truth Observational Study Home Hotel Incorporated. Okay, and so that's www.stosh.inc. Okay. Dot org. Okay. Yes, and we'll they make sure all, we get it right, okay? Yes, ma'am. And they can also email me at okay. takeoverlearning at gmail.com. Okay, takeoverlearning yes. at gmail.com. Yes, ma'am. Gmail.com. And again, that will be in the description for the show so that, that way you all can connect with Lillian and learn more about her programs. Now, before we go, I always ask my guests to tell us how they're living in the now. What are you doing to help you to navigate in this space? You know, there are a lot of people who do meditation or some people who journal or do other things. What are some things that you do to live in the now? One of the things I enjoy doing is just sitting outside my door, enjoying the sunshine and the vitamin D. Yes. But I also signed up, uh, at uh, LA Fitness and I started participating in water aerobics, which has been a blessing. It's also a healing and a meditation time for me. Because as I mentioned, I was injured on the job and had hurt my ankle to the point where I couldn't walk. But the water has been helping me to be able to heal and to strengthen my my extremities again, just to be able to get up and do what God has called me to do. And some days I just get in my car and I just take off and just ride and just praise God just for being 
in the number, in the kingdom, one more day, yes. one more opportunity. I ride around looking for things to do or people to help. Uh, one of my new, or uh, I guess, activities is uh, helping seniors, providing information because there's so many resources out here that are available right now for not just senior citizens, but that has been my second priority. Mm -hmm. There's funding for, for rental assistance, utilities, all sorts of things. So I enjoy just being able to network and to share yeah. and to help somebody else. That's it. That's it. That's what we're called to do to make sure that, that we're going out and, and, you know, not hiding out or hiding our light under a bush. Yes. You know, we want to make sure that we're serving and that, and that we're, we're loving on one another and that we, you know, if we're in a space of being able to provide for others that we're doing that, that we're, you know, taking the time to, to reach out and to reach back, you know, for those, mm -hmm. you know, who, who need our assistance, you exactly. know? So again, I salute you for all that you're doing and, and, and know that, that, I am praying for you and for your success and that God finds favor in what it is that you seek to do moving forward. And for the 30 years that you have provided these services to our communities and to our children, you know, so like I said, I wish you the best of luck and thank you so very much for being here with us and for sharing, you know, all of those things that you're doing and, you know, making sure that people have a way of getting in contact with you because your programs are awesome. And we definitely gonna look to have you come back as things are progressing, you know, maybe we'll come out and, and get a chance to see your, the space that you're in and to you know, see what you all doing. So look, like I said, on my show, it's never a one-time thing. You're always welcome back because this is what you're doing right now, but that may not be what you're doing in a couple of weeks or a couple of months or tomorrow. So even today, that's yeah. it. We're going to make sure that, that the door is always open for you to come back and talk about your program and the things that you're doing. And so again, thank you so much for being here. I have absolutely enjoyed our time yes, and um, you know, we look forward to seeing you again in the future. Do you have yeah. any other parting words for our listeners before we go? Yes, ma'am. I would just like to say to all you parents and grandparents out there, as I see a lot of more grandparents are having to take on the task of raising their grandchildren, right. please don't let your children sit through the summer and right. be idle and do nothing because right. they lose a lot of what they've learned in nine months in just three months. Right. So I am here for you. Uh, whatever we can do, both one-on-one -on -one or as a group or in a community or neighborhood, all you have to do is pick up the phone and give us a call. We will bring the bus to your, your, your community or you can come to our location to be able to continue to serve the children. That is my number one priority. This year, I'm celebrating 66 years of life yes. and 30 years of love for our children. That's it. That's it. That's it. And we hope that you have many, many more. Thank okay. you. All right. And so that will do it for this edition of the How Now podcast, where we talk about how to live in the now. And until we see you the next time, yes. I say peace. Peace. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you.